welcome to the struggle in victory. You are here, my friends, because you are striving to hear stories of people overcoming challenges in their life, pushing themselves to new heights beyond anything they thought possible, beyond anything their friends or family thought possible. Sit back, enjoy the stories, and see what you can make of your life. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, we are doing part two with, with Hector Rodriguez. The reason I, I invited Hector back for part two was he recently completed the Moab 240. So for those of you who, who don't aren't familiar with that race, it's a 240-mile loop out in Moab, Utah, and it took some people anywhere from 60 hours up to the 112-hour cutoff. Today, Hector is coming back to recap what, what he saw, what he experienced, the people he met, Hector, welcome back for episode two of your journey here. Man, thanks for having me. I'm excited to get a second round of talking with you. So let's talk about Moab 240. Initially, what drew you to that event? Man, that's a great question. And I had a lot of time to think about what drew me to that event. And um, I think two things. When I reflected on the trail to when I had those questions in, in my head to myself, like, what am I doing? Why am I out here? And one would be that I've been on uh, almost a two year journey, man, that, that has been unlike other years in my entire life. And I've gotten myself obsessed. I, I literally can say I'm obsessed right now with seeing what I am capable of uh, and testing everything inside of me, mentally and physically. <clears throat> it kind of started when, uh, it started in, in 2019. I had a uh, three fail about, and uh, I just kept, kept just getting after it, just grinding, just going, just moving. And in 2020, in San Diego, Julian, I believe, I had the taste of some success by getting a top five finish at the Pirates Cove. And it was like there, I kind of just like, just tasted it. And I was like, man, I just did something pretty crazy. And then I did Aravipa and I got top third male, 100 miles. And then I did uh, the Endurance Race Series Miles Monthly Challenge. I got first place. I did their elevation challenge. I got first place. And I'm thinking like these things I'm doing aren't like half marathon, marathon races. You know, it's not something that's just done in five, six hours. Like I'm putting myself in these like brutal, brutal, enduring challenges and I'm doing okay. And so like, I'm going like, man, like I, I was able to, win a monthly challenge where every day I'm hitting miles every day, like following that, I think I won at 440 miles in a month. And then I was hitting 500 mile months and I'm just grinding, grinding. Then I, then I come over to the era of Vipa last person standing and I'm blown away that I'm able to out endure everybody other than Jake Jackson. And I'm like, Holy smoke. Like I was able to go 146 miles, 36, 37, 38 hours of no sleep. What can I do next? So I think the challenge of going, of seeing what I've been able to do 
and seeing what I'm willing to put myself through and then going, can I do something that 99% of people can't do? Can I go and endure five days, four nights in the mountains going up and down the equivalent of Mount Everest? Could I do that? And the answer to that question was something I needed to see because like, I don't know of another tougher challenge, at least not this year that I could have went for. And I, I feel that that answer, which I got, gave me the mental strength I needed to know that I'm a big believer in training for life. So it, it gave me the mental strength, the confidence to know I can outdoor a whole heck of a lot of people. If I can endure them, then I can outwork them. If I can outwork them, then, then my family's good. And like, it was a ton of sacrifice that I felt unbelievably proud to have achieved it, to know that I have that mindset of very few. That would be one. The second is I'm a big fan of Kobe Bryant and and not even so much for his ridiculous basketball uh, resume and all the great things he accomplished there. I'm super attracted to him for the way I've seen him father and learning from him the tools to use training as a way to teach his kids. I grew up and maybe you're the same way where like my parents were kind of probably a little more conservative in the sense of like, hey, do well in high school, go to college, get your nine to five, get a good paying job, you know, get your four weeks of vacation a year and, and, and kind of like live that lifestyle, working for the man kind of, kind of philosophy. Um, I want to change that for my girls. Um, and I felt that I, it, maybe even unbeknownst to a lot of people, I've done hundred milers, but the two that I did were on treadmills. Uh, and never outdoors. So I went for, I've never been outdoors for hundred miles and I had never climbed more than 10 K in a day. So when I signed up for Moab, it was 240 miles with 29,000 feet of climbing. It was a perfect example for me to say, girls, here's an example of your dad doing this quote, which is aim high and miss. No, it's yeah. Aim high and miss or aim low and hit. And I want them to aim high and miss rather than aim low and hitting. And so I knew by just taking that approach and signing up for this race and giving my all, whether it was, whether I was successful or not, the lesson would have been there. It would have been like, Hey, I aim super high and I missed. And that's great. Cause I want you guys to aim high. And when you miss, that's okay. Cause I'm going to be there for you guys. And we're going to pick ourselves up and we're going to try again or I'm going to aim high and succeed. And that's unbelievable because I've never even done a hundred miles and I just did 240. So it was a long winded answer and I'm sorry, but man, I thought so much about that and I'm super proud. Uh, I could actually get a little emotional right now. Awesome. Thinking about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, before that, I, I didn't know you had never done a hundred miles outdoors before. Just, uh, as Daniel said, you, even the Rodriguez, you and your brother love love those treadmills or street running so it's cool to hear that you guys are like hey let's push that boundary let's push the limit and you know you went after the 240 in moab in the yeah. tough conditions in yeah. terms of signing up 
when did you sign up for? Because obviously with all the restrictions going on in different causes, when exactly did you, uh, you know, sign your name on that dotted line? I don't remember when I signed up for it, to be honest. Um, what I do vividly remember was um, I did get on the wait list at some point, and it was before the era VIPA last person standing race. Um, I had a, a lot of success in that race. Uh, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I was able to go 146 miles and got second place. Um, and that race, I believe, started Saturday at 8 a.m. And I think I finished Sunday, I don't know, like 8, 9 p.m. If I recall correctly, I woke up Monday morning or it was Monday afternoon that next day. And I had an invitation from Destination Trail saying, You've, you've been selected and you can come race the lap 240. So I have no idea if it was just luck where, where I came up off the wait list or if just things just happened or what, like if I got hooked up, I have no idea, but it was coincidentally the next day I got the opportunity and I was like, all right, let's go. Okay. When you had signed up earlier before the last man standing the 146 miles, did you, in your back of your mind, say, hey, at least I got to train for that opportunity in case they do send me an invitation? Yeah, or more like, yeah. Okay. 100%, man. And I'm in the camp. I'm in the camp, and uh, I don't recommend it for people, for sure, but I'm in the camp that believes you train to be at your best when your body's at its worst. Um, and I don't recommend it because I know you can hurt yourself. I, I feel like I know my body super well. Um, that in the last two years, I've been blessed to not have any like major injuries. I have aches and little pains and nagging things all the time. But I believe that mentality, that approach. Um, it's, so for me, I'm never not trained. Like I can't ever see myself and I like, I hope I save this video. And in case it ever changes, I can come back and watch it but I'm so deep in the rabbit hole. I can never see myself not training. I don't even care about races, to be honest with you. Like races are nice. They're like the, uh, a nice way to, to see your progress and to get a challenge, like get a challenge and all that stuff. But whether there's races or not, I'm training every day uh, and I'm suffering every day and I'm getting after it every day. Um, and I believe that, philosophy of the training to be at your best when your body's at your worst was 1000% key for me to be able to finish Moab 240 with not being able not, never running 100 miles outdoors, never climbing that much was I am used to my body feeling like crap and still getting the job done. Um, so, you know, it's, that's not for everybody. I don't recommend it, but it's been my philosophy and my approach. Uh, fingers crossed, I don't end up hurting myself, but it has worked well for me so far. So I didn't feel like I needed to do anything different. It's like, uh, so, as soon as my feet get back and I can get back on a trail, which I'm hoping is tomorrow, um, I'm, I'm going to be back to my 10 miles a day, grinding it out. Um, obviously, as a race comes as big as, as Moab, you know, I'll be jumping in some big ultras, um, kind of getting ready for it. But you're not, you're never, ever going to see me take a month off. It's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was curious about that with, I know the wait list going on and, you know, uncertainty if the race was going to be held or not. And you're like, yep, I'm just going to sign up for it. 
but I think some people are like, oh, oh, oh my goodness, 240 miles. I have to run, you know, 300 mile weeks to prepare for it. Like, no, I've, I'm still doing my basics, you know, 10 miles a day or your long run days on the weekends. Yep. You, you didn't change anything. You're like, hey, I've put in the work. I've built that foundation to set myself up for this. Yeah, I did change though. Um, so once I found out I got in, I did change uh, one thing. And that was, I really wanted to, to get myself into Arizona the month before. In 2019, when I did the Big Bear Kodiak 50 miler, it was one of my DNFs. I don't know why, but the elevation kicked my butt. Like I could not breathe. And it's haunting me. And I was hoping I could go back this year and redeem myself and unfortunately got canceled. So I'll have to do it next year. But in the back of my mind, I've always been a little scared for these races for the elevation. And even David Goggins himself last year kind of got in trouble himself. Uh, I think through the elevation uh, was an issue for him. And I knew we were starting off somewhere around 4,000 and then we were going to get all the way up to 10,000. So I wanted to get to Colorado for a month beforehand and get really acclimated elevation. And I tried, uh, but I couldn't work it out uh, logistically with everything, with the fam to find a place and with my dogs and all that stuff to, to be secure for a month. So what I did do instead, I tried to do the next best thing. And that was, I went to Arizona for a month and that was so huge for me for this race. I was in Arizona. I, we, um, we stayed some at my parents' house and I rented a, um, or at my dad's house. And I stayed at, um, I got an Airbnb in Scottsdale, which is, is a good location. Cause it's pretty, a lot of flats when you want it. And then there's a lot of, um, mountains and trails kind of around the city, very, very close. So I, uh, used that opportunity to be like one of the only people I would see during the day out there running. And I would have a, a vest. And I would be out there morning when I could get breaks from work, evening, just kind of suffering through the heat. And the reason I think that was a super good call, I got very acclimated and very comfortable in, you know, 110 degree weather in Arizona. Um, you know, I think it was, what are we in October? So yeah, it was probably like all of September almost that I was in Arizona and it was pretty, pretty freaking hot. Um, the first day or first two days in Moab, I think they had the most drops that they've ever had of any year. And it was because people were dying in the heat. We were so exposed and it was freaking hot and dry. Um, so I saw people going in the cave and not being able to come out. I was able to go in the cave, do my thing, bob my head, and I was good to go. So that was the, the probably the number one critical thing that I did different was I acclimated pretty freaking nicely to heat. And it saved me on the first two days in the race when I, I know a lot of people struggled with it. Okay. And, you know, early, a couple seconds ago, you just mentioned, you know, Goggins, the elevation issues. But before the race, you got opportunity to talk with Goggins. What, what was that like for you? And also seeing him on the race course when he's doing his thing, where it's, you know, Goggins, Goggins is back on the log. Well, tell us about that. Oh, man. Um, so I knew, so I was staying the, I was staying on the campground uh, where the race start and finish was, where the race check-in was. So I knew he was coming. Um, so I was kind of definitely like peeking my head out, seeing, you know, when he, when he's going to come, I want to see the man in person. Uh, and I was actually walking with the fam 
and I look and I see this, uh, I believe it was a silver Jeep, just like kind of like, like, I don't want to say he was illegally parked, but he was parked by like this big RV. And these older people were like coming out the RV and started kind of yelling at him, which was hilarious. Say, I, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but it was probably something like, hey, you can't park here. You need to go park over there or something. Da, da, da. I, I'd imagine Goggins was probably just trying to find somewhere quick, thinking that was a park, parking spot. He could jump out, get his bib, you know, do the things we had to do, and then jump in the car and go. So as I'm seeing that, um, I had – so I had where I was staying, and then I got my support crew um, a cabin on the lot. And so they hadn't yet got there, but I had it reserved uh, and I had had the, the room set up for them. So when I seen that, I was like pretty close already. So I went over to him and I said, and he was with his, his fiance, or I think it's his fiance. So I said, hey, uh, like seeing that he's getting kicked out, I was like, hey, man, I got a, a parking spot in my cabin that you can, you're more than welcome to use. Uh, and then he was, I'm like, you, you want to use it? I'll, I'll take you, I'll, you know, you can follow me and we can go park there. And he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. So um, his lady and I walked and then he was in the car kind of following us. They parked and then kind of walking back towards the race check-in. We're just kind of small talking like, hey, you know, like, uh, like you excited for the race? You ready to go? Da, da, da. Like just kind of small small chat. I didn't want to be like, Hey, I'm freaking your biggest fan in the world. Cause I'm sure he hears that all the time. So I kept all that kind of subsided. Um, then after he was done, I thought, and I was like, you know what? And so like, there's no secret. I love David Goggins. I'm the biggest fan, man. If he asked of anything for me to give back to him, I absolutely would. I don't care what it would be for what he's done in my life. So I, you know, I already, already had done like a nice favor, which was allow him to park. So he didn't have to park like way across, the, you know, on the other side of the road and then walk quite a way. So in my head, it just said, hey, like, you know, maybe his, his lady will need this parking spot also in the morning so she could drop him off near the race start. So when he was coming back, I, I said, hey, Goggins, if you need this spot in the morning so she could drop you off, I'm an hour before you in my start time but you're more than welcome. It's yours. And then he looked at her and, and she's like, yeah, like that would be great. Da, 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 da. So I was like, it's yours. So then my camping neighbor, uh, this guy is awesome dude who I, I ended up having a conversation with. He was like, kind of did what I didn't want to do, but I was glad he did it. And he was kind of like, Oh man, I'm here because of you. I love you. You're, you're freaking a rock star, man. I changed my life. Da, 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 da. And Goggins was totally cool. And he was like, man, awesome job. Proud of you, brother. Da, 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 da. So like once he kind of did that, then I was like, hey, man, like it would be epic for me to get a picture with you. Can I do it? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Da, da, da. So then that's where uh, if you follow me on Well, you, I know you follow me on Instagram. I took the picture. And so that was kind of how our experience went on the first two days. So it was all kind of very casual. You know, it was like, yeah, the course is beautiful. It's amazing. Um, you know, that guy, uh, my buddy kind of, you know, gave him a little like story of how much he meant. And then I got a picture. So it was a pretty neat, fun experience. Great guy. Like he was super awesome, super polite. Okay. What about uh, during the race itself? Because uh, I was tracking you and seeing what happened. 
and then all of a sudden at one point I see your name and his name like right next to each other at, at the mileage mark. I was like, oh snap, Hector and Goggins are running together. What oh, was it like cool. seeing him on the trails and in his zone? Oh, I didn't know that you, you saw that. So what was funny was, uh, before I, t I say the story in the runs was, um, there's this uh, great documentary that really, I recommend anybody who uh, wants to run any of the Candace's um, 200 mile races, which includes the Moab 240. It's called Running the Triple Crown. And in that documentary, it shows uh, Rob, who's a runner, interact with Goggins. And he goes, hey, he goes, hey, David. And they're at the race check. And he goes, you plan on sleeping tonight? And then Goggins goes, I ain't sleeping, brother. And then like, he's like, oh, damn, like this guy ain't playing. So I had remembered that from last year. And I even talked to Rob, which was with was also a pretty neat experience. Um, and uh, so this year, remembering that conversation and like, I got such a kick out of that when I saw that in the documentary, I asked Goggins, I said, hey Goggins, I remember seeing you in Rob's video. Uh, are you sleeping this time? And then he, that's when he went Goggins on me and he says, I ain't saying shit. <laughs> and, but like he said it like, like in his Goggins mode, but like with love. So it was hilarious. But uh, during the um, actual run, yeah, so I started an hour before him, um, so I don't remember what mile marker it was, but it was definitely early in the race. He definitely caught up to me, and um, we were running uh, pretty, like, close side by side. Um, he was actually taking it pretty easy, um, as, as was I. Uh, like, we talked about my strategy was, was to definitely take it pretty easy to start. Um, and we kind of, uh, like, you know, I said, Hey man, like you good. How are you doing? Da, da, da. And he was like, good, good brother. And then I was like, Hey, did everything work out with your lady in the parking spot? And he was like, yeah, man, absolutely. It did. Thank you. Um, and then, uh, then I, I forgot we, we shared a couple other things. And then I was like, yeah, man, my, my approach for this is to make the, the first hundred miles as easy as possible. And he goes, dude, that's key. He's like, that's exactly it. He goes, the, the second half of this is a monster. And he goes, I'll tell you another thing. Don't be a dumbass like me. If you start going, if you start not seeing markers, stop and work your way back. Uh, so I was like, yeah, man, all right. I'm definitely gonna take that advice. Um, so it was kind of something along those lines. Uh, and then, you know, he definitely started moving and, and getting out of there, but it, it was cool for him to kind of engage with me. You know, he didn't have to, you know, he could have gave one word answers, but uh, he was pretty cool. Same thing, like, man, he was like, this course is beautiful. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Um, stay hard. Um, things like that. Okay. So, yeah, Goggins is obviously, you know, big celebrity. A lot of people are like, oh, Goggins this, Goggins that. You know, people falling on social media to the website, the runner, runner's trackers. Talk about the people, you know, the other competitors in the race, and then also, you know, the aid station, whether it's the aid station leaders, the volunteers. Talk about the various people you, you met during during your 240 journey. Man, the people that really stood out to me, um, there were two guys that I started running very early in the race, probably like mile five. Um, I probably ran, man, I'm a little blurry in the memory, but maybe 10 miles with these guys. Uh, and just in those 10 miles, man, like those guys are going to be brothers for life. Uh, we, we had a great time. We were chatting. Um, you know, now we're all connected on Instagram. Um, 
But what was so key with me running with those guys was I think I was getting a little excited at the start and I was moving a little quicker than I probably should have. And these guys had done Bigfoot 200 before. So they were playing it pretty calm, cool and collected. So I started like in, in just kind of naturally, we were kind of talking and, and, and getting to know each other on the trail. I slowed down, which was huge. And it kind of like made me re-get my composure and go like, all right, like let me pace with these guys for a little bit because they're going at a nice, comfortable, slower pace, which I think is going to save me at the end. So those two dudes were super awesome, um, uh, made, you know, probably lifelong friends meeting those two. Um, then I ended up, uh, we got to like this canyon section that was absolutely amazing. Um, one of the guys that, that I just mentioned, his ankle was pretty jacked up. Um, so they couldn't run too much, but I wanted to make up, like, I wanted to, like, once it got to the section, I wanted to, in the runnable sections, like, run uh, and make up some time. So I, I did um, end up kind of getting ahead of them. And then I believe it was mile um, 36-ish. Um, I don't know if you know of him, uh I know his name is Sean, his last name, I don't want to butcher it, but it starts with an N. Uh, his Instagram handle is Ultra Runner SD. Are you, do you know who mm -hmm. he is? No, oh, man. This dude, um, I've been tracking him. There is nobody, in my opinion, in all of San Diego, maybe even the country, that works like this dude. Uh, he's doing, he, he's, he's from San Diego, so he's local. He's doing... Uh, the triple crowns. I think he did eight 100s and the three triple crowns. He's always freaking doing these incredible races. Uh, I had seen him just recently do like an Aerovipa virtual challenge where he did 150,000 feet of climbing in a week. Like freaking is, this guy is an animal. He, I'm telling you, he's a bad freaking dude. And I had been following him and I've been inspired. And I, I look up to the dude like he is freaking there's nobody that works like this dude. Like to me, he's a San Diego legend. So we actually, he came up um, and he had recognize, recognized me. So I think, we, I think we started following each other after my last person standing event. I had already been following him. So let me take that back. I've been following him and tracking him and going like this dude is an animal. I think he started following me after the last person standing. And then I think he recognized me from my Amazon commercial so uh, we started having like a conversation and this guy is like, he was second place to Courtney DeWalter the year she crushed the race. So this guy is freaking like an animal in these races. So I was, was stoked to just even have any kind of time with him. Uh, and we ended up having an amazing chat, man. We talked about life. We talked about work. We talked about running. We talked about the strategy. He talked about his lovely lady and like, man, this guy like loves her to death and like inspired the heck out of me by just how much, how highly and how much he praised her. Um, we ended up spending probably 10 to 12 hours running from the evening through the entire night together. So that was an unbelievable experience to spend so much time with him. Um, I was always a fan of just what he shows on Instagram and the dude is even 10 times better in person. So then I'm like coming off of this high of like a hometown hero to me. I'm, I've just spent 
like 10 to 12 hours running 36 miles in the, e in the evening and the night where it's just me and him going side by side, carrying each other out of the pain cave. Uh, and then I come up to mile 72 and at mile 72 is another freaking one of my heroes. And that's Mike McKnight who had just FKT the Colorado trail. He won Moab in 2019. This guy's a freaking animal that just is inspiring as heck as one of the strongest mentally sound fit beasts out there. And he's like right here in front of me. And I was like, Oh damn, it's Mike. And I put a video on Instagram of just like how amped up I was to see him. But I was literally thinking about him for my race strategy because I seen this dude is like the master of the trail nap and of like moving through sleep deprivation. And so I was like using him as fuel. So it was awesome to meet and see him. Um, then we, I kept moving. Um, and I, I would say the next, uh, so and then at mile 72, I'm like with my crew and uh, I got to run with everybody. I had four people in my crew, all amazing experiences. My brother is an animal. My sister is a savage. My uncle like is great guy. My buddy Louie is just, when I see him, I just get energy and a, a vibe, like vibrance and light. Like I love the dude. Um, and then at towards the end, I was going through the last night, I was literally walking like a zombie with my uncle, just beat up from the mountains. I think I was probably 200, I don't know, let's say 10 miles, 205 miles uh, straight, uh, just going up and down the mountains. And I ran into this lady, her name is uh, Amy. And <clears throat> she was, before she met us, um, literally just pulling over on the trail uh, and just pulling out her space blanket and just sleeping in the freaking cold or trying to sleep. And she was literally like walking and swaying and I'm probably walking and swaying. So she, as, as even with her kind of just like finding moments to when she can trail nap, she catches me. That's like how slow and just miserable and like a mummy I'm walking. We end up connecting her, myself and my uncle who's kind of pacing us. And we basically start moving as a team. We start to get to know each other. Um, we, you know, like every hour, uh, we're like, you know, pulling over, taking five, 10 minute naps together. You know, like she's like up the road and I'm like right here and we're just like passing out. My uncle's timing us to make sure we're not sleeping too long, you know, giving us five to 10 minutes. We get up, we do another couple miles, another hour, and then we try to take another nap because we were both just like, just suffering. And the sun comes out, brings us both life. We, you know, actually start having conversations, get to know each other. She ends up being freaking uh, 2017 second place female, bad water, just badass finisher, uh, amazing human being. Um, uh, so like, she was just incredible. Uh, I'm hoping that I get the opportunity to crew her in bad water next year, which will then give me the opportunity to run it the year after. Uh, and so she really like stuck and will be in my heart um, for just that night of us suffering, being in the pain cave, battling through that last night, but then pulling out of it together as a team with my uncle's help uh, and, and getting to that last aid station before, you know, we made it to the final stretch. Hey, yeah, because I've, I've heard about the, the dirt naps and everything like that, but 
it sounded like you guys were just just pushing through everything on that sleep deprivation where you know five minutes here five minutes there but just even then you're like just trying to get your way through that last night yeah it was it was tough um we we definitely thought of like maybe just trying to crash out for a couple hours and just wait for the sun to come up but like you really get you're sleep deprived and you're feeling awful but then in your brain you're feeling like antsy and you're feeling like like something is telling you it's not a good move to just sit still like right now you know like you're not going to get sound sleep or i don't know what it is or maybe it's like a rookie mistake or something but it just wasn't going to happen to get any like any more than like five little ten five ten minute naps and those five to ten minute naps gave you enough energy for the next hour and by the next hour you're dead again and then you take like another five minute power nap and then that's enough life for another hour so that's what her and i did um and you know i'm blessed to have her with me <laughs> at the night because she definitely helped power through the the evening for sure okay with with those five to ten minute power naps were you actually able to like kind of like conk out or is it more just saying late close my eyes and just let the body chill out for a second yeah it was more like let my feet rest um let me kind of just like relax <laughs> you know like because uh, i think literally i don't i don't I don't even know my finish time, to be honest with you. I know it was over 100 hours, probably 107, 105, 106, 108. I don't know. But I think maybe I slept less than 10 hours. So, like, every minute of just eyes closed was like heaven. So, one minute just felt great. So, if I got five, if I got 10, um, it was a luxury. So, uh, I, I took it <laughs> and I enjoyed it every second of it, even though I couldn't. Like you, you kind of have like an antsiness of like, I got to keep moving. Like I can't fail. I can't not stop. I can't not finish. I've made it this far. You know, there's something that's going like, you're not going to lose it now. So like, you're just antsy to just go. And, you know, maybe I, I need to calm and relax even then, but I, I couldn't help it. One thing I was thinking about is maybe it's that voice knowing, hey, there's, there is a time cutoff for this event. I think it's, what, 112 hours. You think that might have played a role in that little voice keeping you antsy? Yeah, I think you want to, like, every hour, you want to be banking hours. So, like, you know, I don't know what it was, but let's say, you know, at 200 miles, I had 40 hours to get, you know, 60 miles done or something like that, then I'm like, okay, I, I got to get a mile and a half every hour, you know, no matter what. So it's like, you want to bank as much time because you never know what's going to happen. Like the, it's not like it's a flat, beautiful, soft course, you know, this is freaking rocks, deep sand, sand, hard asphalt, sometimes street. Um, it, it's, it's everything but and even surface for like 90% of the course. So like, you don't know if you're going to hurt yourself with like a sprained ankle. Cause all the time I'm on trails, I I'm running, you know, we sprain ankles or we, you know, roll it a little bit. Uh, I fall, you know, so you just, or if, you know, you just get a super low and you need an hour or two to really pick yourself up or to eat. So I think I just really wanted to bank as much time in case I had one of those unforeseen circumstances happen that I could, you know, settle down, I could eat, I could get my foot in the air, I could crawl if I have to, like whatever I needed to do, I'd have the time to get to the finish line, no matter what was going to happen. And I think, yeah, that was kind of in my mind 
um, and made it impossible to sleep like soundly to truly knock out. Okay. With the, the sleep you mentioned, like, hey, giving your foot a rest, obviously you, you've made references on some very social media posts. Some of your crew members mentioned it. Talk about your foot issues and what, what happened and how were you able to work through it? Yeah, I had gotten uh, another local, his name is Gabe. I love you, Gabe. Uh, is, is a, another guy from San Diego who did the race uh, that we connected on Instagram. He had sent me over this recap of somebody he met from the year before. And that guy's like recap was like, man, whatever you do, tape your feet, wear gaiters. Like it's like sand, the sand is relentless and getting in your shoes and your socks. And it, it's what kills people is, um, is the wrecking of the feet. So I bought gaiters cause I normally don't run in them. And my plan was, to at every aid station that I could have crew was to switch my socks and clean my feet. So, so at some point, I don't remember where, maybe like a mile 100 or 112, like the gaiters for whatever reason were like too tight on my ankles and were just like, it was, it was causing too much pain. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm taking it off. This is like, it's hurting me. It's hurting like the bone of like my ankles or, or the bottom of my feet. So I ended up taking it off, but like I, uh, like I use Raining Champs um, Stance sock and it's like a compression sock. And then I had my shoe and every time I would get to the um, aid station, I would have so much sand and rocks in my feet. My crew would clean my feet, would like literally take everything out, would wipe them down while I'm eating, re-put a sock and I'd go and then instantly boom like my feet are just getting wrecked again sand rocks everything was just getting jacked up it was becoming so painful that literally i don't remember what mile it was but i we were they saw my feet and were like yeah like we need to get these taped up for you so my crew got the medic to come over um thankfully he like taped all like the hot spots on my foot with the luco i think it's called luco tape i never like used that but I think that's key moving forward because once he taped it, it made it like I was like walking through hell, uh, getting through the aid station. Once he uh, taped it, then I was walking, I was back to walking through fire, but it wasn't hell. Like it was, it was still super painful, but it was way more manageable. Um, and I just continued with the tape feet and then just, every ounce I could, I'd have the crew. Like that was one of the number one things we did at the aid station was took my shoes off, took my socks. They looked at my foot, made sure the tape was secure, added tape where they needed. If another toe was going downhill, they take that toe. Um, I also got the advice from Gabe's buddy who sent me over some data was he said, make sure you bring a shoe a half size bigger. Your feet will swell. And I, didn't buy into that because I've never experienced that. Um, but the day before, two days before my brother was going to take his flight to Moab, I said, Hey man, cause in Moab, there isn't like an REI, there isn't, um, um, you know, like a trail running shoe store. It's like a very like small little town. I said, Hey man, can you go pick me up a half size bigger shoe? And he's like, yeah, I got you. I didn't think I need it. And I was hoping I didn't need it. Cause then I was just going to take it back. But, uh, at some point in the race, 
uh, he put, I, I was going to go with an ankle sock and I noticed the ankle sock barely made it over my foot, which told me that my feet were now swollen as heck. So when I didn't tell him nothing, but when I seen it, I, I was like, okay, yeah, my feet are, are, are swelling up pretty bad. So I said, Hey, go give me the size 12 shoe. And, you know, let's, let's redo this. So we, you know, clean the foot, got the sock on, put the size 12 shoe. And then again, that like gave so much relief uh, as I think I was battling like the blisters, the sand, the rock, the uncomfortable, but then also my feet swelling in my 11 and a half shoe. Um, so I think once I got it taped, once I got it clean on a size 12, then it got it more manageable again. But uh, yeah, the whole time the feet was the hardest part. It literally every step was super painful. Even now, um, like my pinky toes, it, they don't look like they have tops. <laughs> like I don't even see now. I think like the blisters, it's super gross, are just like the entire toe. And it just looks like it's just like a piece of meat, like dead meat. It's like disgusting. <laughs> but uh, it was what it was. Uh, I just remember pain subsides. It's temporary. Just keep walking. So that was the, the plan. And that's what I did even with the wreck feet. Okay. Sometimes with running, whether it's, you know, cross country track running, or even this, these ultras, people talk about losing toenails. Did you lose any toenails from this experience? Not yet, but I'm pretty confident. I might lose probably at least half of them. Um, I can tell they're, they're popping off. Yeah. And I probably bruised every single one of them. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it's not for everybody for sure, man. No, it's definitely not. not. Yeah, to, yeah. It's, people freak out sick. about losing toenails. They're like, oh my goodness, I'm losing toenails. It's it's either, you know, I think that's one of the tests of, you know, are you willing to put yourself through discomfort or even, you know, if you're walking barefoot, people are like, oh my goodness, your toes look terrible. They're like, hey, it's part of the sport. Yeah, man, it's, uh, that's why I can't recommend it, man. I get it. It Like, I, if, if I'm someone else and I'm talking to me, I'm like, that dude's insane. Like, why what for like why are you doing that to yourself i get it so i can't recommend it but it's it's me now and as, as i gotta do it i'm gonna do it again um in a weird way man looking at my feet i'm proud of them like i'm it's like it's so sick to think i look at my destroyed feet and i'm proud of it you know i don't even know what to say to that like i'm probably sure some psychologists like you're probably a human being but it's true man like for me to put my feet the way they are to persevere the way i did uh to endure what i know i endured to battle what i battled to go up and down mountains and cold and heat uh man like it, it's just insane um i i don't know i don't even know what to say man it's just insane it's so insane so what did you tell yourself when you're battling the pain, the hot, the cold? Like, what, what were some of the things you were telling yourself? I'm a big fan of Chad Wright. Uh, and one of his mantras is be hard when it gets hard. Uh, that was going through my mind a lot. Um, as we talked about earlier today, man, like Kobe Bryant uh, really impacted my life. Uh, and knowing that I was going to use this run as a tool for my girls, just hopefully the plan was for them to see relentlessness, discipline, hard work, 
giving your all, um, all of those kind of things, I knew I was going to do that. There was no doubt. I was going to either succeed or give 2000% to fail. And so uh, kind of like in honor of Kobe and his daughter, I made sure my bib was 224 and I had it on my leg. <sighs> it gets me emotional too, man. So when I, uh, every time I just put my head down, uh, I saw that. And I just thought like mama mentality. Uh, I thought, you know, uh, I, in the last few months, I've had a lot of people start to look up to me. Uh, I've had a lot of people support me. I've had unbelievable love, like the most love a human being can have. I've experienced like the last three months. Cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> from, from everybody, man. Like, so I just didn't want to let people down. That's cool. And yeah, because even like, you know, staying on that with the people, the support, talk about, yeah. you know, crossing that finish line. And, you know, Candice asked you some questions and, you you know, you got you got emotional, just like you're getting emotional right now, man. Like yeah, even man. it's touching me as like talking with you and even sitting yeah. in the video. Talk about, you know, what you're thinking about when you cross that finish line and Candice was asking you those questions and the support you felt from San Diego and, and everywhere. Man, I've seen a Mike Tyson clip talking to Joe Rogan and in the clip Mike Tyson talks about being fit means you look good in your clothes but being equipped means you can come outside your soul so I think that is so like profound I think it meant so much to me when he said it because I related to it like when you like like, I'm not doing this to have a six pack. I'm not doing this to have the biggest muscles. Like, I'm doing this to, to be able to come outside my soul, to like give my heart, to give, to give everything, um, to see, sorry, man. It's all good, man. It, you, you, like you said, like in that at hundred hours, it changed you. Like even it from changed. our first our first conversation to where you are now, I can tell you're a way different person. Yeah, just to, just to to see what I can do, and again, like I'll go back to the confidence of like, I just know like, I know it's it's special. I feel like whether people back home are proud of me or not, like it's important. I would love for them to be proud of me, but it almost doesn't matter because I'm proud of me. And I'm proud of uh, the example I set for my girls and my wife and for you and for uh, a lot of people. Um, who again, I think have started to uh, root for me, who want to see me do well. So I did it, like I was willing to come outside my soul, like Mike Tyson said, to not let the pack, to not let the San Diego, uh, the city, the community, uh, the trail groups, like everybody who showed so much love, like, like it would, my heart and soul was going to come out before I was going to let that happen. So to know that I had it done a hundred miles outdoors 
or 10K of climbing in a day, to be able to persevere through four nights, five days in the Moab Mountains and finish bobbing my fucking head was pretty special, man. That's sure. cool, man. Yeah, because I know it's like, you know, when you got cell reception, you were always kind of reposting or resharing people tagging you saying like, hey, Hector, I'm running with this for you. Or, you know, um, uh, Court, Courtney, Courtney Smith, I know she I did the thing, Courtney, the Hector man. 240. Like the fact that somebody just like reached out like, hey, we're going to put some miles together. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's more than 10 or was it 24 people who did it more than 10 miles. Like, I don't know how many people were, you know, tagging Hector 240 or like, hey, Hector, these are for you sending you messages that you're resharing. I mean, dude, that seeing that support as uh, just from somebody as who knows you from that side and just seeing that, I'm like, dude, that's, that, that's not just, you know, people, Hey, I hope you do well. Like that's a testament to who you are as a person and the support you've given back to the community. So man, it's, it's that reciprocal. reciprocal yeah, man. Back. Like Courtney was showing so much love uh natalie even marie uh was showing so much love dude like there are so many people in the city uh i keep shouting out my crew in japan man there, like there's just worldwide like literally there's people from different countries that were that i've made friends with that just supported you know showed so much love man it, it was and i and i wanted I wanted people, I want people, like even during uh, the last person standing and this race, like I'm probably by far the number one person who's interacting on social media, social media during these events. Like nobody else is fucking <laughs> taking the time to repost or message people back, but I'm on a journey and I think it's, it's beautiful and I want to show people that that the same way we eat, we drink, we sleep, we breathe air, we should equally move. And when we move, there's so much benefit. And, you know, like, like I'm, I'm using it as a tool for, for teaching. I'm testing my will. I'm testing my determination. Uh, every day in my training, I'm staying disciplined. When I got to get up a freaking 10,000 feet of climbing with 160, being at a mile 167 and knowing the next 33 miles, I got to climb 10,000 feet. I got to dig deep. I got to do some soul searching. And every freaking thing that I use to make it through that race, I swear to God, can be used in life. And I, I people miss the connection between movement training challenges obstacles pain adversity to when you persevere through it how it just applies to your work to your parenting to your being a best friend to giving back to your community you know just to all that stuff so i hope like kind of being an open window uh that you know i get the bug in some people and to me that means more than maybe moving up 10 slots on the race because i took some time to to message people back like i had fun out there i i used using it as fuel and i hope people you know i i hope some people are, were out running even today thinking like hey that crazy guy from san diego did some incredible stuff let me start training let me try to do you know 
a 50k or a 50 mile or a hundred mile or um i've seen what it does for him so like uh it, it was like my small way of giving back to everybody for what they were doing for me cool man yeah because i remember at our first conversation you're like hey you know if you reach out to me i'll reach out to you back and and i think that just that really rang true for during the moab adventure for you man i it's still true man i think if you look at my instagram i think i've responded to every single comment um if somebody is so nice to literally write something positive to me to me it's worth writing something back it might be a wolf because i mean you're you're your wolf pack with me i love you might be like a an arms up and it means like hell yeah let's get it i might literally write something or it might be a heart because i love you so uh i've literally like have tried to message every single person who's messaged me back in these past week to show love back it's not taken for granted that's cool man yeah because i think and, and it comes through because it's you know there's people like hey you know your, your social media influencers and they might see a comment, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't come across as authentic and definitely the way you present yourself, how you conduct yourself in day-to-day -day life, that authenticity, man, it comes through. So, you know, in case somebody hasn't told you that, it's kind of, it comes through, brother. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody told me that, but I, I'll take it and I appreciate it. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, I, I'm just being mean. I hope it's, it's truth and people see it. Yeah. Awesome, man. So I'll see, you know, you just did 240. What's next for you, man? Like what's next on the docket? What do you iron or, you know, what's, what do you, what are you looking to forward towards? Um, so I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do, uh, I have Bigfoot 200, uh, for sure. I'm in the race and that's in August. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go for Tahoe 200, which is in September. Um, I mean, I learned that there's something just beautiful in these big, long races. Like, I mean, you, you, I can't remember the last time I've cried so much than I've cried in this last week. Like there's something super magical, uh, with testing yourself in those kind of distances. So I'm kind of eyeing those two since I haven't done them. Um, I don't have any races planned between now and then. Um, but I promise you, I'll be doing ultras every month uh, in some sort, um, either on my own accord, uh, pacing somebody, uh, like my brother is going to do um, a hundred miler next month. So I, I'm, I'm sure I'll get some significant miles with him. Um, I know there's a, a 24 hour uh, race uh, in Lake Miramar. I kind of got my eyes on that. Um, as a, as a good challenge for myself. Um, and that's in December. I don't know if I said that. Um, so definitely I'm not taking time off other than maybe if, if I wake up and I feel good, I'm going to start back training tomorrow. If I don't, then maybe I'll, I'll we'll just go walk and do a nice gent like light hike. And then I'll wait until Monday or Tuesday to, uh, you know, as soon as my body's healed, I'm training again. So I'll, I'll start looking for some races, but kind of what I'm thinking so far. Okay, cool. And then, so obviously I know, I think you're back in Arizona right now. How much longer time are you going back in Arizona or you, you come back to San Diego? What, what's that timeline looking like? 
Yeah, I'm in Sedona. I couldn't picture a better place to kind of relax and still get some trails and some some nature and some outdoors. Uh, soaked my feet in this freaking awesome little uh, like creek or river yesterday. Uh, it was just super beautiful. Just kind of spending some time with the family. I uh, like I obviously we've talked this whole time about Moab, but I, it took a lot on them too, um, especially my girls. So. I spent uh, four nights, five days away from them pretty much, except for a couple of times where they came to the aid station. So I thought it'd be good to spend, you know, focus all of my days out here with them for the most part. Um, after here, we're gonna stop by uh, one more place, hang out by a river. Um, and then my birthday is October 30th. So I definitely wanna be in San Diego by then. And then probably spend uh, the next couple months in San Diego. Okay, cool, man. Awesome. So we'll have to get together. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, I know we'll be connecting for your brother's uh, 100 miler. So, you know, I'll be out yeah. there. I know a bunch of other people from San Diego are going to be out there. So I guess this is, you know, a good platform where you can promote it. Uh, I believe your brother's doing it the 21st of November. We'll have to check that. But yeah, I think so. yeah. the 21st, 5 a.m. ish. Let's see. I, I wrote it down on my calendar. So let me take a quick look. Um, Let's see here. Totally bad radio right now, but uh, yeah. So November, I have it written down November 21st. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll that, be out that, there. That's when he's starting it. And I know he just put an announcement out where he's going to be doing it at Mission Trails, switching from Lake Hodges. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, yeah, Mission Trails is, is, a, is a, you know, probably uh, like a local favorite, you know, uh, park easy to get to so it'll be awesome um watching him do his thing so uh he's been training a lot he's been getting super fit he's mentally tough as nails man like he uh i was riding his energy up uh he and i went up the biggest climb um uh, and it was, it was called the sal mountains and there wasn't anybody else uh could envision it being more perfect than than being, you know, what was it, uh, 185 miles or something like that, starting the biggest climb all the way up to 10,000 something feet elevation, he was perfect for me. So uh, I can't wait to see him do his thing now and do that for him. That's super cool. So before yeah. I ask my final question, you know, where, where can these guys find you? And is there anything you'd like to promote or just, you know, kind of leave people with the nugget of wisdom that you picked up from you know those that 240 miles uh well people can always find me at uh my instagram is hrod619 um my like it, it probably sounds sick man but my my motto my mantra um i, I can't see it changing um I, to me it's you find pain you find struggle you find discomfort or pain struggle, discomfort finds you. So, uh, you know, hopefully you choose wisely. You get uncomfortable, you stay out of comfort zones, you move your body, uh, you get after it, you challenge yourself. Um, there's something incredible on the other side of that suffering, I swear to God. Um, so it's crazy. It's not for everybody, but those that, that do pick that path, I support you. I love you. Follow me. Tell me about it. I'll follow you back. I'll root for you. I'll help you with it. Let's go.
Awesome. So like I've asked other people is, you know, making each day is important to me. So, you know, after doing the Moab 240, how do you make each day matter to you now? Man, like, it's love now, man. It's, it's uh, just making sure that like the people, my pack, um, my family, my friends, the community, um, like, like I, I was just telling you right now, like, uh, like I'm messaging everybody who's messaging me back. Like, uh, one word I've learned, one word, one sentence can change somebody's entire day. Uh, and it did for me. Um, so, you know, it's important that I don't just suck all that love and, and, and appreciation everybody was giving me that I give it back. So, um, yeah, man. So it's like every day, just making sure that I'm appreciative to everybody supporting me, everybody showing love that I give them even more love and more appreciation back. Um, that when people do these crazy things that is outside their comfort zone, you know, for me, it was 240. Um, for somebody else, it may be a half marathon. It may be a 50K. Whatever it is, I got your back. Uh, I will never, ever forget this past week. And I knew, I learned how important, how beautiful, how wonderful everyone was for me and how impactful that was that I know that power that it has and I could give it back. And so every day I'm going to give it back. Um, so that, you know, that, that is what I would leave it with. I promise PAC, San Diego community, I'm going to give it back. Awesome. Cool, man. So guys, check him out. HROD619. You know, this guy is about community, supporting people in whatever adventure they're going after, whether it's their first 5K, half marathon, 50K, 100 miler, whatever it is. He's about supporting people in the struggle, supporting people, challenging yes. themselves, challenging their physical limits, their mental limits. Yes. So this is, this, if this guy, if this strikes a chord with you, check him out, send him a message, say hello. This is the guy oh, yeah. to check out. So like I say, if anything else, take this message, run with it and make today matter. Love you guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode of Struggle and Victory. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on this show, send me an email at mark at markthecoach.net and I look forward to hearing all sorts of stories and getting you on the schedule. 